Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Under cold Midwest skies. Something lurks through the dark. From the rolling hills to the flatlands, they move through the fields. They are cryptids of the corn. As night falls on a cold Midwest field, the wind starts to blow. You look up and see a pair of glowing eyes, and then a rock comes whizzing past your head. We are your guides, Justin and Jay, and welcome to Cryptids of the Corn. <laughs> no, that's pretty good. All right, guys. So couple uh, front of house things. My wife Emily's here with us. Say hi, Emily. Hi. So you may hear that. You may hear, you may not. Uh, she's kind of like a ghost. Um, so a couple things. Uh, we're getting ready for the Ohio... Jay's picking leaves off the floor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're getting ready for the Salt Fork Bigfoot Conference, the Ohio Bigfoot Conference. And that is April 30th, right? Or uh, April 31st. April 31st, right? Whatever right. the last day in April is. Um, cause 30th. April is... 30th, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting ready for that. And then we're also signed up for the Michigan Bigfoot Conference, hosted by the uh, Hide and Seek Archives. And that is July 30th. So it's nice that they're all on the, like the 30th. The end? It's easy to remember? Yeah. It's easy to remember. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we'll even sign up for Crypticon this year. And Those tables, I think, are only like two hundred bucks, and it's uh, it's two or three days. Three days. And what month's that in? Uh, October. November. It was November because oh, yeah, right November. next to Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, that's right. Because it was this year. Duh. All right. Or this past year, yeah. it just happened. So we're excited. We're gonna have some little trinkets at the table, cards, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I doubt we'll have T-shirts or anything like that yet. I'll look into it, but we'll see. We'll see what we come up with. If anything, they'll probably have Harry on them. We got some cool things lined up, though. Yeah, we got some fun stuff. Um, so today's episode is about Bigfoot behaviors, and this is kind of like commonly observed and reported behaviors. But before we get into this, I've got to say, no one on this planet is a Bigfoot expert. And a lot of people agree with that, and a lot of people disagree with that. I don't think there's ever such a thing. There's people that are... 
enthusiasts, there's researchers, there's people that have, you know, put a lot of time into looking into this stuff. But until there's a specimen, I would say there's no such thing as an expert. So we're going to go off of a lot of assumptions on these and a lot of very well-educated guesses and stuff like that. So like if I say this is more attributed to a young one, we don't know. We're just assuming by the size, age, and activities that this is most likely a younger animal versus an older animal. Uh, I just wanted to clear that out. Because is, is it all based off hearsay, I guess? Yeah, I would say it's all first-hand accounts. And when we did endangered species surveys, uh, those are very important. But, so, like, uh, excuse me, sorry, a little congested ice fishing all weekend. But, uh... Yeah, so when we did endangered species surveys, we would show or describe pictures of the species we were looking for to the locals, and they most of the time would tell us, yeah, or no, it kind of looked like that, or, you know, so that is very important for any kind of work like this, but it also can be faltered, you know, it's people. Mm-hmm. Um, they, people really bad, size assessments, especially being scared. Uh, so if you see a Sasquatch, it can look a lot bigger, I'm sure. Mine, we measured off of the tree branch and stuff like that, but, I mean, your brain automatically makes it the biggest thing you've ever seen, because your brain's trying to tell you to get the heck out of there. Yeah, it scares the crap out of you. It's time to move. Literally. There is something that is here that could throw you through a brick wall. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so I'd say it's first-hand, it's first-hand accounts, it's 90% of this. Uh, and a little bit of it is... First-hand accounts by researchers and investigators and enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. So for us, as of now, I'd call us uh, in between enthusiasts and researchers. Yeah. Because uh, I know we're going to start doing some smaller outdoor activity days. Just probably me and you going out. Me and Jay. Emily might go, might not go. Uh, but yeah. I would, So I'd say in between, somewhere between enthusiasts and researcher we're not investigators so investigator i guess the big difference is that i've got off on a tangent already we're two minutes in yeah i didn't think uh an investigator investigates uh active sightings and stuff like that and i have posts and we have signs out to do that but we Mm. haven't done it right not yet a researcher is going out to habitat and just kind of looking in to historical areas an enthusiast is just somebody that really likes you know likes bigfoot likes the stuff you know which is definitely us right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have gone out and done some Bigfoot stuff. Some actual research yeah. in the field, yes. Yeah, we, we have good plans for more. Like, we're going to do that whole week of Salt Fork when we go down pretty much. We'll be out every night. Um, I'm sure everybody else and their cousin will be. So I'm not going to take any hoops or hollers as serious. Yeah. Yeah, better not that weekend. Yeah. We may drive a little bit. I have a private property we may get on that weekend, too. i got to text him. All right, so our kind of categories we're going to go over are hair raising, bobbing back and forth, frozen in place. Well, did we say at the top what we're covering Bigfoot today? behaviors. Okay, okay. Oh, maybe I didn't. So we're, I don't think we yeah, did. Yeah, I did. You did? Yeah, I said common Bigfoot behaviors that people witness. Okay, whoops. Disappearing, uh, watching, and they specifically watch kids a lot. Rock throwing, wood knocks, double layers of furs slash merging into shadows. Mm. And the act of gifting. Oh, ooh. It's like Bigfoot Santa. Mm-hmm. 
I would not trust a Bigfoot Santa. What? <laughs> He's even bigger and jollier. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. So, hair raising. When I say that, what do you think it means, I guess? Well, it's like the hair standing up on the back of your neck, I would mm-hmm. assume. What do you think, Kim? I mean, pretty much the same thing. Okay. So, yeah, and a couple a couple close encounters. So, I kind of got them ranked as close, medium, or distant encounters. You know, you kind of see these things. Uh, close encounters, it has been witnessed that individuals that are kind of in a... They kind of get cornered or caught by surprise by a person will... Fr- they'll do a secondary motion. They'll either freeze or they'll bob back and forth. But then the, they'll actually witness their hairs starting to raise. Like all their hair? Yeah. Hmm. And, like full body goosebumps? Yeah. And uh, that is very common in a lot of mammals. I mean, think about dogs. How many times have you seen the dogs oh, yeah. raise their, their crest of their hair on the, you know, it raises... Or like you frighten a cat a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And uh, we uh, it is believed this is a threat mechanism. Like to warn off either predation, warn off attacks, or just trying to make yourselves look bigger. There's also, with Bigfoot, uh, well, let me not skip forward. I do that a lot. Um, so there's one situation specifically. A guy ran on one. He pulled, it, he pulled his handgun out on one. And then his hair started raising. It was frozen. And then once he calmed down, he put the gun away. And then the animal's hair relaxed. Mm. So it seems they they can recognize a tense situation. Yeah. And that's kind of their version of tensing up. Yeah. And then once the situation relaxes, they're willing to, you know, relax Relax too. Relax with it, yeah. And that could be other behavioral cues to maybe another Sasquatch that's out of view of the human. But it's a like a nonverbal communication, like saying, warning sign. Yeah, I'm in danger. Okay, you know it's not as bad now. I'm, you know, it's you know situations de-escalating. Or even wonder if they're like extra sensitive to like their surroundings and like their hair is like a little antenna, picks could, up on your panic, and it. I mean, there's all kinds of heart rate pheromones. You know, yeah, yeah there's yeah. all kinds of stuff that it does that kind of stuff too, and then. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that part of it before I read my last little blurb on this one? Um, just on hair raising in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of my only extra thought I could think I could add to it. Maybe it's just an extra sensory thing or mechanism or... And a lot of mammals raise their hair right, as, yeah. as a, you know, like we talked about cats, dogs. I mean... Well, even you, when you're like frightened, mm-hmm. you don't know why, your hair stands up like, uh, this not supposed to be here. It's a primates weird. do it a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's like a sixth sense. Mm-hmm. But... See, we do it on all of our hair. Yeah. Our muscle groups are just not very strong. So our longer hair doesn't just doesn't do anything. Right, like the hair on, if your hair on your head would stand mm-hmm. up, that'd be a, quite a feat. Yeah, mine especially. <laughs> yeah, not so much it mine. It already kind of does, though. Mine puffs, but it's not straight. <laughs> you got anything to add to this, Em, before I read my last blurb on this section? No, you're good. Okay. So here is one that some people believe that they use this to blur their outline. Yeah. And help them camouflage. Which is pretty... So that's why Sasquatch is always and, blurry in pictures. Right, yeah. It's it, it's actually blurry. It's pretty genius. And it does, you know, it breaking up your edge line does make it hard to look at. Uh, you talk about, like, people don't realize, like, tigers, when you put them in a, a, a green box in a zoo, yeah, they don't hide very well. Yeah. You put them in the woods, you can't see that thing. Their patterns are so broken up that if mm. your brain doesn't recognize it 
as one thing. Right, yeah. It's a bunch of smaller chunks, mm. so it's not a threat. So that may be it's trying to merge its outline with the stuff behind it, and it's harder for you to see. Kind of like just wearing camo, yeah. and you just kind of blend yep. in and out. With... That's the whole point. Yeah. And it may not work as well with humans being dead in front of you. Right, yeah. But it's just kind of a secondary response to be like, your brain's like, oh, I gotta hide. Oh, Which, this, yeah. This is bad. Which that makes, I mean, uh, that's, I, I would believe that. I'm on board of that train. I, I think that's, I think it's kind of a mix of, you know, a warning mechanism. It's yeah. also, you know, because we're going to talk about it later, later that it's believed that they have the double layer of hair. So that top long layer of hair, that colored layer of hair, mm-hmm. that's what it's for. Is, because hmm. uh, that's not your warm layer of hair, that's. Your protection and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um. You know the comedian Mitch Hedberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's dead now, but he, he had like just a bunch of one-liners. But he had this joke. He said, "Uh, I think the reason all pictures of Bigfoot is blurry is because he is blurry. There he's you just go. A blurry animal. So every picture you take is out of focus. Well, according to that theory, that may be true. Yeah, <laughs> he might have been on to something. Didn't even yeah. realize it. They may be uh, uh, in a threatened situation, a little blurry. Yeah. All right, so another one, moving on, is bobbing back and forth. So, um, another instance, uh, another response people witness is the creature slightly bobbing back and forth. This has been witnessed, I've heard it a, yeah. a good chunk of time. And I've heard you talk about it a couple times, if not more, on podcasts already. Yeah. And this and, is something I never knew about and before. And it's kind of like... The back and forth, so left to right, bobbing. Yeah. And it is most likely, it seems to occur in these smaller animals, so we're going to assume they're younger animals. And we assume that it's, this is all speculative again, that it's because these are very nervous interactions, and they're very unfamiliar mm. with this interaction. When an older animal may have been, you know, interacting with people, knows what to do, knows to freeze, knows to hide. Yeah. So you catch these juveniles that are like, oh. Yeah, what do I do? I stay and or do so I go? They're trying to decide, you know. So this is the bobbing back and forth. And it's seen a lot. It's almost always seen in smaller Bigfoot. Hmm, interesting. Um, I was looking last night. I couldn't really find anybody saying they seen like an eight-footer doing it. Bobbing back and forth. The next thing we're going to talk about is really what is believed to be the adult females aspect. Okay. Uh, the people that see adult males probably don't get to talk about it. Too much. Because they're putty. Putty or have their arms or throat ripped out. Yeah. But, um, yeah, because they're nervous. They're, they're new to experiences around humans. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's like, so six foot, and this is all speculative. It's believed when they hit, like, f- six foot is kind of when they get pushed off from the family unit. Hmm. Uh, specifically males, you know. So, you don't see, like, really big Bigfoots by themselves. So, it seems like females top out at, like, eight. Males top out, we're assuming, you know, 9 to 10. And these juveniles are, you know, 6 to 7. And these are the ones that are like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time I'm not with mom and dad. And, and someone's looking at There's a guy me. looking at me. Yeah. Um, hmm. So you got anything to add to that? Well, I heard just listen to a story of a guy telling about uh, how he was at some, like, cabin in, you know, the middle of the woods, the typical story, but he was on there for vacation. And he was out there, and he's said like they were hearing weird noises off in the woods he said when he went out like the back cabin they were having like a 
fire and they were grilling hot dogs or whatever. But then in the tree line when they were hearing stuff, he looked over and that's when he saw a Bigfoot. Like that was his encounter. And he said when he saw it, it was frozen there, but it was just staring at him. But it was doing the bobbing back and mm-hmm. forth and just weaving, just like as you're describing. Yeah, and it's that's why I think it's more of a uh, nervous behavior, like. Yeah, just kind of watching, like uh, <laughs> like uh, I don't know what to do right now. Right. Yeah. Any thoughts? I think it's like a soothing behavior. Just kind of relaxes them or both? Yeah. Like, like maybe both. they're not, like they don't realize somebody's around, but it like is keeping them like calm because they're on their own. Hmm. Kind of like when a baby has a blanket or something and it's just kind of... Yeah. Mm. Bobbing. Bobbing. Hmm. Yeah. And end up falling asleep. Could hmm. be. All right. So the next one is frozen in place. So it's just, it's just like the bobbing, but more commonly witnessed is uh, in, in these close encounters for the animal to completely freeze. Just stone still. Zero movement. Yeah. And the people that describe it are like, it is scary. Like, still. Hmm. That it's, uh, it's completely, completely frozen. And it's almost like it's not real. Yeah. And that's kind of probably the point. Is that if... You're witnessed, and you remain completely still. You know, is that a tree? Is that not a tree? And then, you know, maybe the maybe the person or the predator will be like, ah. and we see this all over nature, specifically mammals, uh, to freeze. Yep. Uh, the predator, or people specifically, we're watching for movement, you know. So if they're not directly sitting in front of you, and they, I've heard reports of that, and they still freeze because their brain's probably just like, don't move. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm in the open. Yeah. But yeah. So that's kind of like a... Uh, yeah. This is a, a extremely good reaction for camouflage. I mean, you can walk right past deer in the woods if they don't move. Mm-hmm. Our eyes... I've done that before. Yeah, our eyes are specifically designed to pick up on movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, all kinds of stuff like that. What's your thoughts? Well, I was just say, I was in the woods last summer and was walking through. I walked around this one area about three times. I was circling around. And on the third time I was sitting there, a little baby deer just popped up out of nowhere and just took off running. Didn't know it was there the whole time. Mm-hmm. You can step right over them, rabbits, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, nuts. But I imagine an 8 to 10 foot tall, something that's frozen in front of me. Well, it depends. a bit different, but... I mean, but if I'm not a tree? Look, yeah, if I'm not looking for it, it's on the corner of my eyes. I might not even... Because I've seen all these Bigfoot videos, quotations, of them kind of standing beside a tree. Yeah. Oh, that's one I forgot to put on here. Anyways... Uh, yeah, I do that a lot. We'll do that next. Okay. Uh, that they are frozen, and the camera kind of goes by, and I'm like, I didn't see anything. Anything, yeah. And then you see it kind of tuck back. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, like, I wouldn't notice that. It's nine foot tall, but it was, it was holding still. It's in a grove of trees. Right, it just looked All like the a trees are big. Dark tree, yeah. Like, it, it matches. It matches the background. Hmm. That would be scary, though, to see... I think I'd be more scared to see one frozen in front of me than one swaying back and forth, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a little bit more creepy. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm trying to imagine both, but I can imagine just one sitting there stone still staring mine at me. Was, mine was frozen. Yeah. And afterwards, I don't think it was threatening. Yeah. But during, I mean, it's just so imposing that something just doesn't care. But if it was doing... Like, that's kind of like a... You can read that as sizing up. Yeah. Or like the, oh crap, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. 
I guess it depends on what you're fully seeing or not. If you're just seeing eyeballs moving back and forth mm-hmm. and shoulders. Because what cats do. Cats yeah. want to pace when they're sizing you up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> See, a cat's frozen. Because I mean, think about a big cat. If a, cat's, if a big cat's frozen, do you think they're about to bolt? Yeah. Like, take off. Big cat's kind of doing this back and forth motion. You know full well he's weighing out his options yeah. of maybe taking you on. Right, yeah. Bring it, you stupid cat. <laughs> and so another one is tree uh, tree spying or tree popping. And ro- they do it with rocks all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they kind of get behind something, and they just poke their heads. Which I've seen also, like, familiar with shadow people, too. They do the same sort yeah. of thing. And that could be Sasquatch, if you're talking about in the woods. Yeah. So everything I think that are true shadow people that I've looked into, and this is, they don't seem to interact with the matter, besides, like, walking kind of, like, paths. So I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a shadow person expert. I've seen Yeah, same here. But mine kind of just walk through stuff. Yeah. So there's, I don't think it needs to hide behind something to poke around. Mm-hmm. But who knows? Who knows exactly? I mean, if you see in the woods, it could be a Bigfoot, a black Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of the top three colors people report seeing them. It's just straight black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absorbing all the light and everything, like just dark. And there might be a reason for that. We'll get to that later. But yeah, like the popping, the spy popping, or, you know, just we, looking around something, which makes sense. I've seen those videos, I don't know how many times, but countless times of yeah. them just poking their head around the tree, if that's what it is, or up Other over Other primates do that, yeah. Yeah. Just I mean, we do it. Yeah. I mean. So yeah, it's if not, I'm like paintballing in the woods and I don't want to see me. Yeah, it's, so it's not, and uh, none of these, none of these are... After you dig into them a little bit, none of these are weird or unbiologically possible. And I kind of stuck with those. I didn't go into any of the, uh, the weirder Bigfoot stuff. Or like, yeah, like... The woo-woo. The floating Bigfoots that yeah. uh, shoot sparks out of their fingers. I thought that was a frog. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I didn't go into any of those. Oh, yeah. I just kind of tried to stick with biologically... As, as far as we stay, understand biologically now, biologi- biologically feasible. Yes. Um, disappearing. So this gets reported all the time. This is, I mean, no Bigfoots, Bigfoot sightings aren't common, but as far as you look at the sightings, they'll see a Bigfoot walking and then just disappear. See, that's kind of crazy. Is it? I mean, no, I mean, not, it's just crazy, I guess, if we'd be to witness, yes, it would be very, yes. It would be scary. What do you think's happening? So, we got the theories of them going into different dimensions that yeah. pops in your head, but shoot, I don't know. What if they're just experts and they know you're watching? They know when they walk by this tree, you can't see them. And what if they just duck down and crawl off the other way? Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, just, I think you're, playing mind games you're there. You? So, when we get in, you agreeing with him. Yeah. yeah I, when you see kind of Bigfoot proportions, people that get really good, their knee placement is a lot lower than ours. Mm-hmm. So, what's the name of the lower leg bone? Tibia or fibula? Those are shorter. It's tibia. And their femur's above. Yeah. Those yes. are shorter. So, it would... Their knees are a lot lower than ours. They mm. have big femurs. And as far as, you know, the witness reports and we're guessing. Yeah. So, that would indicate something more of kind of between a gorilla and us. Mm-hmm. So, they could easily drop down on all fours and get away. Just, yep. And probably with some speed. for that. Yeah. yeah. 
Because I've heard reports of Bigfoot's running on all fours. And that may be. So you're watching for a nine-foot animal. And even though it maybe drops down to four foot, now you're not looking for it. No, right, yeah. You're looking for something up here when he's now shorter than you. Yeah. Because he's dropped down and he's running. So that's what I think's happening. I don't think they're popping in and out. I think that they're like, oh, crap. And then they're like, gone. Yeah. Either that or they're just projecting a gravitational field around them and bending yeah. light. Yeah, no, they're just chase. Yeah, they're just changing into a tree. I've yeah. heard that yeah, too. They're, yeah, it's just... Who is the guy uh, that recorded the Sierra sounds? He says, and I'm not dissing him or nothing. I, nobody knows. Uh, but he thinks that they get energy from trees and they can actually energize in and outside of trees. Hmm. What is his name? We listen to him talk at Crypticon. Well, I got I mean, one of his books. We I, listen to like six of them. Anyway, I know if you said his name, we'd be like, I know. Duh. Um, the Sierra sounds guy. Yeah. Yeah, because you were telling me. I remember when you brought all that stuff home, you were telling me about him. Yeah, he's, he's cool. He's a really nice guy. And he has his own theories. Robert. I have my own theories. Nobody, you know. Ron Moorhead. Ron Moorhead. I almost, I've heard some uh, stories of like, not stories, but like trees being uh, uh, almost like antennas of the earth. Like that's where they just kind of like sense energy and stuff and can feel energy. But like the way trees come out of the ground, the way they're all branches spread out, it's almost like the veins in your body or like. Uh, what's uh, like the like a river how it spreads out you mm-hmm. know like from overhead view like how trees are just antennas for energy and stuff from the earth and that's how they absorb and they let out energy and stuff so I can see with that being if they can tap into that somehow being, being a creature of the the forest I think personally they just drop down on the fours and take off oh yeah oh for sure I believe that yeah for but sure that's just generally where I go but I can see where that Ron's going with that yeah. sort of thing. And he like, has a lot more experiences than I've had. I've yeah. seen a Bigfoot once. Yeah. And I've had a, two summers of uh, secondary experiences, but mm. I've only seen the thing once. You're right, yeah, exactly. So who knows? I mean, nobody no knows. No experts. Yeah, there's no there's experts. No experts. Huh. I don't care what anybody says. That is one thing I will. I'll die on that hill. Yeah. There's no such thing as a Bigfoot expert. The only experts is those who... Until, the, yeah, until there's one in a cage. Yeah. Or a body on a slab. That the public has access to. Yeah. I mean, there might be a Bigfoot expert in the government that has, like, six of them in a lab. Mm-hmm. Well, the, and he has them doing circus acts. I heard a story us. about our government, like, working with working with them. That's, I might have told you this story once before, where there was, like, Mount St. Helens, when that exploded, the government supposedly had, like, a, a Bigfoot in their, I guess, in their group that went around. They, they were able to communicate with it. And they took him around to all the different areas where all the other ones to see if they're alive or not. And hmm. they were talking to him. And then they pull him out of these caves that had been collapsed or destroyed by the volcano. It was like dying, gonna die. They would put it down, shoot it, and the Bigfoot would let them know, like, yeah, they're gonna die or they're okay, they're fine. So they, hmm. it was, I don't know, you know, I don't know if it's true or not, but. There was one, uh, I'm trying to think, and I can't remember which podcast I heard on, but it was a call in story. Of a firefighter out one of the the big wildfires a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and they were just running stop crews like they were just uh, spreading sand, fighting. They were covered in soot. They were the one guy that seen this was in a giant tobacco, and they're digging trenches trying mm-hmm. to slow it down. Excuse me, but uh, he's seen a guy on the so he's on one side of this mountain range or this valley, 
So it's like two miles away. He's seen a guy in this burnt zone just running and falling, you know, just trying to get out, all burn up. So they run, you know, they whip it over there, and it falls down. It's a Bigfoot. Oh, wow. It was all burned up. And uh, they got him on, uh, they got him in the bed of the truck. I can't remember. They were trying to give him water and stuff like that, and it was really accepting. And it got confiscated pretty much the second they got back. Like, there was already tons of people waiting for them. Because mm-hmm. they radioed in. They kind of, they're like, we got a guy that's not a guy. And I guess there was people probably listening, you know. Yeah. There's, but, uh, yeah, they said it was just, you know, it w- it knew that they were there to help, and it was yeah letting them help. help. Them. Yeah. That's why I kind of lean there more. They're probably somewhere on the human tree. Yeah. Uh, ah, is that where you stood at the beginning of no, starting this? No, I bounce back all the time. Mm. It'll change next week. Okay. <laughs> It'll change in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, you read stories and you think, of, for me, I read stories, I think orangutan lineage, and then I read stories, you think gorilla lineage, and then I read stories and think human lineage. Yeah, it's weird. Some of them are really weird. It's a hard animal to, to pin down without a, without a body. Mm-hmm. And it really, I think it's going to really depend on the first skull. That yeah yeah that's like I said in the public yeah the first accepted as the first skull will determine where it falls on the the family lineage mm-hmm. before genetics do by far because I, I bet you we have skulls already I bet you we do they may already be in collections misidentified yeah oh uh, yeah I bet that the Smithsonian is it like two or three species a year that are misidentified that going back through ancient old collections really mm-hmm. why am I not surprised the Smithsonian's a scary place yep a lot of things go when they go there that's where they end. They have the dire bear there that everybody thinks is a dire bear that they don't let anybody see. What's it's, what do you think it is? It's probably a dire bear because it got killed in like, 1930s, 1940s. Oh, really? And the guy sent it in on good faith to get it ID'd because he shot a grizzly. Mm-hmm. And he went up to way out nowhere, Canada. And he shot the this giant grizzly. Bigger than, like, two times bigger than any grizzly. And it yeah. looked funky. And he was, he kept the pelt. I think it's, the pelt's still somewhere or something. I can't remember the story with the pelt. But he didn't get the mount done until the skull was going to come back. But he's in the skull in because he's like, you know, he's like, I don't know if it's a hybrid. I don't know if this is, you know, just something funky. The Sonian, the Smithsonian got it. And it's like, yeah, we're going to look into it. And they're like, no, we never received it. And then they're like, yeah, it's in the collection. Like, no, this, this actually, this place has it. No, this place has it. Like, that's how they... It seems to be a common story of how they. There's all kinds of stuff the Smithsonian berries. And they say this. No, you got to go here for this. Then you go there, and they say no, you got to go here. Yeah, for this. they do that a lot with all kinds. Of, I've heard that story multiple times. Yeah. I don't know, the reason. Like, if it's a short faced bear or a sloth bear or a cave bear, that's what a dire bear. Uh-huh. Uh That's what a lot of people think it may have been one of the last ones or a genetic remnant. Yeah. It could have just been a, a lineage of hybridization. That just made that, it through. Yeah. That was on the, you know, last, getting weeded out. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why that needed to be hidden. That doesn't change Suppressed. anything. Yeah. It's dynamic. It's not like finding a Bigfoot. Right. It's a human. That'll change your whole, like, world It'll change all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You know, it's a bear that we thought went extinct relatively recently. Well... Yeah, one makes you wonder why hide it, that sort of stuff. Even if it's something little. And it could have been some main scientist's paper, and he hid it. And, you know, it could have been... 
There's pettiness on oh, all kinds of stuff. All over in the science world. You know how we world get off topic on this show. Yeah. Always. But uh, look up the Bone Wars. Isn't, isn't that with the Smithsonian? Uh, it's two scientists. One worked out of the Smithsonian. It was with the, it was with the fossils. I think I I think I read about this. Before. But these guys were just trying. They were destroying each other's fossils. They were blowing them up. They yep. literally got in a dynamite fight, destroyed thousands of fossilized dinosaurs. Didn't they also like one of them fake some stuff too? To All try... both of them. Yeah. Both they... of them just screwed with the mother. Just each other. to try to. They get hated one each up. other. Yeah. And then they would name the worst, ugliest things after each other. Yeah. That's hilarious. Humans were funny. Alright, here's a big one. They're called the Watchers. A lot of Indian Native American cultures, you know, mm-hmm. have listed as Watchers. Like, the names mean something. Excuse me, burpee. The names mean something. Like, the Watcher or, you know, the people that watch from the woods and all kinds of... There's a, there's a, there's a good handful of those. The people who watch Spongebob from the woods. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're not getting into that story. Eat muffins. Yeah, I like the big that. one's sixteen foot tall. Yep. And there, you may not think in your head there's a big difference between ten foot or eleven foot and sixteen foot. It's people at home, but you talk about so let's talk about an alligator. A ten foot alligator may weigh like nine hundred pounds. An eleven foot alligator probably weighs like thirteen hundred pounds. So that extra foot. Somehow got it three or four hundred extra pounds. Yeah. So, it's similar. It's not may not be that heavy, but you go from a ten foot big foot that's probably eight hundred pounds, to a sixteen foot big foot that's probably two thousand pounds plus. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. And they got more bones that could hold more mass. Well, that's I'm just saying that. Exponentially grows. That's gonna need a lot of calories. That's gotta eat a lot of things. A lot of muffins. A lot of muffins. Lot of muffins. It's probably eating that lady. <laughs> But uh, anyway, so watchers. TMI, TMI. This is one of the extremely common. They're they're witnessed just watching, observing situations. Uh, Most of the time, they will not interact with the people they are watching unless uh, they are threatened. You know, they'll avoid whatever uh, as most as possible, if it's possible to avoid. But um, on top of that, they're especially interested in watching children. Mm-hmm. That is super common. They watch kids all the time. And we were, I mean, I was, when we seen mine, I was, oh, now I'm kind of forgetting. It was a long time ago. I was young. I think I was 16. So Luke would have been 14. So we weren't, you know, old kids and it was watching the dog. But um, hmm. they just watch. And so some of the, let's, we'll talk about it more in depth, but uh, they're kind of, you know, is it a curiosity? Is it watching because we're in their home slash territory? Is it a hunting behavior? Hmm. Or is it a caring behavior? You know, are they just kind of watching to make sure everything's okay? Because I just recently heard a story on, I think Sasquatch Chronicles. No, it was Into the Fray. It's one of those. I can't remember now. But the guy kind of got saved by one because he ch- he's getting chased down by a big black bear. Hmm. And the Sasquatch ran out, screamed the black bear back there, took off, it screamed at the guy. And he's like, the only feeling I got is... Run. Yeah, he's like, huh. this is your one, and this is your last chance to get the heck out of here. Yeah. And was that because it was hunting the black bear? Or was it because it just didn't want the guy to get, you know, eaten by the black bear? But it didn't, you know, it was angry that they had a, to intervene. Yeah. But, uh, so is it, you know, is it a hunting behavior, a caring behavior? Are they hunting us? 
You yeah. know, there's some theories with that. There's a lot of missing people in Nashville and State Forest. Mm-hmm. A lot. They just nothing. And the you know, the whole missing four one one where it's weirder. Right, yeah. And are they watching the children for a possible food source? Are they just more comfortable around kids? Because they know there's no threat there. Because mm. uh, it's more of a curiosity thing. Are they being motherly? Are they being partially protective? Or just, you know, caring and it, curious? That's what I was curious. The ones that do, like, watch, is it more males or the females? Uh, from everything. Old? So let's talk about people. Let's talk about adults mm-hmm. first. And that's, most of this is, like, camping situations. They see them on the edge of the tree line. They're just there. This seems to be more full-grown animals. These are bigger Bigfoot scene. Never very close. And you could tell they're a very large thing, either by the how high the eyes are off the ground, the shadow shape. These are big things. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think it's partially curiosity, if it's a, you know, or partially territorial, when it's adult humans with adult Sasquatch, you know, you're in my area. I just want to make sure that, you know, the family units here, I'm just making sure everything's, you're not a threat to us. Right. Make sure you're not messing with the thermostat. Yeah. And that's what, you know, and that may just be males showing that, hey, I'm here. This is how big I am. Right. Take notice. This, nothing's happening tonight. Right. (laughs) And then after, and then the kind of after that, they Sometimes you get, like, rocks on tents and stuff like And that seems to be more juvenile behavior. Mm. So it may be dad coming off the mountain saying, hey, nothing bad's happening tonight. Right. This is our place. Take and then, it easy. Yeah, and then some of the kids come in and play yeah. around. And Tom, <laughs> and Tom Shea talked about kind of that, the what his giant, Goliath, that uh, the young ones would come in and do kind of interact with him, and then Goliath would make this horrible noise and all activities stopped right then and there. Hmm. It was dad saying, okay, kids, you know, you've gotten close enough. They've gotten close enough. The interactions are done. Yeah, enough. Um, That's what I kind of think when we're talking about adult, you know, camping, you know, hikers, walkers, and they see this lone individual that's not menacing, but it's not inviting. Mm -hmm. It's... A very, I don't know how to say, I wouldn't say a warning sign, but just saying, hey, I'm here, that's um, how big I am. And I'm watching you. And I'm here, yeah, I'm, I'm, I see you. Yeah. And then they just disappear. Fade away into mm-hmm. the woods. What do you think about that? I pointed at Jay. I forget there's no video camera. <laughs> well, um, I'd be curious to know, you know, which ones do the actual watching for the most part, but... Like, I can imagine when you're out in the woods or even at the zoo, or and I guess a zoo's a bad example. If you're just out in the wild and you see, I don't know, a group of, let's just say coyotes from around this area. If you see the babies, and it's just babies or young ones over there, you're going to sit around and like watch them a little bit. I mean, out of curiosity, and you know you're safe. But then, like, with, if an adult's there, you're probably not going to stick around. Mm-hmm. It's almost like human nature, I would guess. Just for safety reasons, but... And we'll talk more about the kids here in a second. So I'm wondering if that's why they want to watch kids or are more interested in watching kids, because mm-hmm. they just know those kids aren't a threat to me. It's not, we'll come back to that part with the kids. Yeah. What do you think about them watching adults, Em? I mean, I think both is just so they can, like, learn how to interact and stuff. Because we, on that 
don't remember which podcast because we listen to so many. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot. Um, where the guy was out hunting and fell out of that tree. Oh, that was and, on Monsters Among Us. Yeah, that's a cool story. There was the Bigfoot that basically nursed him. Mm-hmm. Back Pulled to him health. out. He broke his back in three spots, and he was still eleven foot off the ground. And he, if he would have fallen, he'd be dead. He'd be paralyzed or dead. And something gently picked him up, uh, cradled him. And then he heard the god-awful noise from behind this thing. And then it's like it made a noise back, and then it gently laid him down. And that's the only reason he lived. Mm-hmm. If he would have fallen fully out of that tree, he'd be dead. And so, yeah, that's kind of that motherly, you know. Yeah. This thing is not a threat right now, and it needs help. Yeah. And what he assumed was the male, he said whatever was behind her was a true monster. Yeah, <laughs> Because uh, she did try to breastfeed him and stuff like that. That was the highlight of that story. Mm. Because that's uh, she was lactating. He said, so she probably already had a a small, you know, a, a child somewhere nearby. So it just was already an overdrive, and you know, like and we like see in the motherly mode, and we see primates yeah. do that, like gorillas and stuff like that. Like uh, when that boy fell in, not the what one was it? This is like in the nineties. He fell in. And she picked him up and wouldn't let any of the other gorillas near him. And then when zookeepers came in, she gave him to the zookeepers. Hmm. And because she knew, you know, the other gorillas might be too rough or she was just, you know, he was just a tiny little kid. And he had, I think, his back broken and his leg broken. He's unconscious and this big female gorilla is just holding him. Wasn't Harambe, was it? No, that no. was a whole different thing. Oh, okay. They, they shot Harambe really fast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rest in peace, Harambe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cincinnati legend. <laughs> yeah, bringing that one back. But, um, yeah, so when we talk about kids specifically, it seems to be, and I've, I've, I have a couple books that have stories in it, it seems to be more females. That do the watching? Mm-hmm. Uh, people witness mammillary glands uh, on Sasquatch that are, we assume that are lactating. It's, their mammillaries are very evident. Mm-hmm. What they might not be when they're not, you know, when they don't have a child. So is it just kind of this over, this over motherly drive? Like I hear kids, you know, they're close enough to my kids, and they're just kind of there watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never heard of anything dangerous or bad happening. Like there was one mom. I have his book. It's the guy from North uh, Northeast Ohio that runs the Big Bigfoot. And I'm so bad with names. I can tell you his books. His stories. Yeah. <laughs> Don't know his name, but he's a nice guy. I've met him a couple of times. He came to Bluffton a long time ago. Oh, okay. Uh, my story's in one of his books. Oh. It's that guy. Okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, he has uh, showed me his books. Yeah. But uh, he has a story in there where this one big female came out of, right by a playground, and she didn't, the mom didn't notice for a while. Uh, she, And then she looked up, and this thing was just sitting there. And she's, I think she said it was making, like, a cooing noise. Uh, it's like a comforting noise. And the kids have kind of seen it and just, you know, looked at their mom, looked at and they're like, all right, kids, you know, let's... And she's like, we never ran, never backed off. And she's like, it made the cooing noise until we got to the edge. Because they had to walk there. It was, like, some yeah. rural town in Ohio, and they had to walk. And uh, as soon as they got out of the parking lot, I just slowly backed up into the woods, and that was it. And huh. she's like, as soon as it disappeared out of sight, we took off. Yeah, pedal to the metal. But then she talked about later that she's like, I really don't think that it had any harmful intentions. No ill intent. Yeah, it just was 
whether it was, you know, just wanting to watch and make sure everything's okay. And there are stories of them intervening with people, specifically children. Like I told you about the kid. It was, I think it was, I get it wrong all the time. It was like north of South Carolina in mm-hmm. the winter on a snow-top mountain. And that kid disappeared for three days. And when they found him, he got returned to the parking lot. Did I tell the story on this podcast yet? I think you did. Yeah, you yeah. might have, because I know this I'll kind of recap it real fast. Okay. I know we've talked about it, yeah. and I know you've listened to it with me. Uh, basically, this, I think he's three years old. Boy, it's a snowy winter day. They go to this mountain area to hike, and it wasn't, like, extremely bad or nothing like that. Like, And the kid kind of immediately disappears. And they get search parties. They search for, like, two and a half days. It's, like, negative temperatures every night. Yeah. So after like two days, you know, everybody's like, okay, we're going to have to wait to the snow to melt because we're looking for a three-year-old's body because mm-hmm. there's no way this kid's alive. Not it's a just so cold. Not a three-year-old. Yeah, and, you know. And then the dad, obviously, being the dad, didn't give up. He comes in. The, it's like, I think it's day three. It may have been day four. He pulls up in the parking lot early morning, and he hears something behind him. He turns around. It's his little son walking across the parking lot. Perfectly fine. Didn't look dirty or nothing. Comes up and he's like, you know, he's like, you know, what happened? Yeah. It's a three-year-old. Oh, the bear took care of me. Yeah. And he showed him where he fell right in the edge of the parking lot. There's kind of like a runoff ditch. And I guess they assumed he slipped in there and went to the bottom of the valley. Mm. So he went really far really fast. Yeah. That's why the dad kind of turned around and he didn't see nothing. Yeah. And he just said, oh, the bear took care of me. And the bear took care of me. And... When you came up, you know, he put me in the parking lot. So it's kind of like some people, you know, think, you know, that's a Sasquatch was taking care of him. Mm-hmm. And once the Sasquatch realized that there wasn't tons of people, because they probably didn't want to get seen. Yeah. It was the kid's father, the kid's parent. It's like, okay, there you go. Yeah, go, be- go back home now. Yeah. So I think negative interactions are very, very rare. I think most of the time it's very... I think they do a lot of threat displays. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they just want to be left alone. But I think when it comes to kids, I wouldn't want one near my kid. But that's, you know, because it's a 900-pound animal right. that I can't control. You don't know if they're going to take care of or... I mean, they could take a kid. What are you going to exactly. do? Exactly. They could just take him, and then that's it. Uh, but I don't think there's ever... Most of the time, I don't think there's a predation event. Yeah. Uh, I think it's more of a curiosity or caring. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that they feel more comfortable with kids. You know, they know the kids don't have a gun. They know what guns are, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of stuff. Which, yeah, it all makes sense. And it's all kind of human nature, too. Yeah. Like it's, it's like the caringness, you know. Yeah. And we, I can't remember. There was a story about, I mean, they obviously are, they're predators by some extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was one story. I'm trying to think what animal it was. There's a big animal like an elk or a buffalo or something like that got stuck, and there was a story of one release like getting it out. A bigfoot. Yeah. Oh wow. Not taking advantage, like pity, pitying. Yes. Not just killing it because yeah. it's there stuck. Yeah. Interesting. I can't remember. It might have been a bison. Now that would be impressive. It was a young. It wasn't like a a full grown three thousand pound bison, but it was like a younger animal. Yeah. Got stuck in I think fencing. 
And it just came yeah. over and helped and it. And some guy witnessed it, because I think they were going out to try to get the thing out. And oh, and they, he beat him to it. Yeah. That would be, now how awesome would that be to see? I'm trying to remember that, where that story is like, from. Amazing to witness. Yeah. So, I do think that predation events probably have occurred. I mean, Native Americans have legends of it. Mm-hmm. But who knows if that's a fear legend or, you know, a, you know, a warring legend. I think that if you're hungry and it's cold and there's no food. You're on the menu. That it could be a viable option. Yep. I think 99% of the time that's not, that that's not how it goes. Uh, it just, you know, it, it, it can happen. All right, we're going to take a quick break because I'm getting my little warning sign. And then we'll be back with the last little few things. We'll be right back, guys. All right, we are back. Um, Like, Megan, there's your ASMR. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, that's what people want. Yeah, it's 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 good stuff. (laughs) All right, so rock throwing. We don't know what this behavior is. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, it seems to be, in general, if it's smaller rocks, it's more to just test what you're doing or just to kind of play around with you. If it's softball or bigger, they don't want you there. Yeah, it's threatening yeah. behavior. And they're very accurate. So if they, if you get them whizzing past your head, they were not aiming for your head. They were trying to tell you, hey... Next one's hitting you right between the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Imagine a Bigfoot being like an MLB pitcher. That's what I was thinking. Just like whipping uh, like a hundred... On, on that mark. So like gorillas are just naturally that strong. Yeah. Imagine if you had a gorilla that worked out. <laughs> We've never seen a maxed gorilla. Yeah. So imagine a maxed Bigfoot. Well, maybe they do kind of work out when just living in the nature. Can't, maybe yeah, but not like program. lifting weights. Yeah. Well, they're lifting big trees to make... They're little homes. But yeah, but they're right? not doing sets and reps, I guess. Yeah. Like, with I mean, the intention yeah, like, of... And they're not protein bulking and anything like that. I'm saying, like... Yeah, true. With Ar- the intention when, when Arnold to... was, the like, world-class... Pumping iron. Because Arnold could still kick my butt now, but he doesn't look like he did you know, when he was... He's only, like, 5'9 or 5'10 or something. Yeah, yeah don't matter. Chapa. He'd pick me up. Oh, uh, yeah. N- eh, not now. I think... When I'm off the ground, it's pretty much... My <laughs> weight is my only advantage. <laughs> My feet are on the ground. Like, well, there goes that. But yeah, rock throwing is kind of a, a mixed bag of what we speculate is the like the uh, the intentions mm-hmm. and the results they went out of it. Like, if they're just throwing little pebbles and stuff at you, I don't think most of the time that's like, hey, get out of here. That's more of just like, see what they do, you know? It's an interaction. Uh, and I'm talking tiny stuff, you know? Right. Uh, more annoying than anything, you know. It's more just to see what you do. Like when you toss a small snowball at a dog. Sure. Just to see what he's gonna do to you. Throw an egg at a chipmunk. <laughs> or if you give yeah. an egg to a dog. Anyways, on that note. <laughs> but yeah, then I think it's more of a uh, warning when they get larger. And I've heard full on like two by two slab rocks come flying at people. <laughs> Screw that. Uh, that happened on the Manistee River. Man. Uh, some guy was fishing, and they heard. They thought it was a guy walking. It was like pitch black out. They thought it was a guy walking on the side of the mountain beside him. Well, not mountain, big hill. Mm-hmm. And they heard like weird noises. They're like, "Man, that guy's out of breath or something. He's making all kinds of grunts." And then they hear, 
and the the whoosh was the uh, this giant rock through flying the air. through the air, yeah, and landing about two foot from their boat, yeah, and they're like, did somebody throw that? And they're another one, and the oh crap! And then they started ta- they gunned it without taking out the anchor, so they're just dragging this anchor. They're yeah. like, I don't know what the heck's over there, but we're in his spot, yeah. Because they were salmon fishing and it's pretty shallow. Man. Yeah, that'd be pretty freaking scary. But they were in shallow enough water, you could have walked out to them. And just, right, yeah. They were in like three foot of water. Good lord. So that's probably where that Sasquatch is going to stand and fish. Yeah. That'd be pretty intense. Yeah, uh, that's a good sign to be like... Time to get up and out. Yeah. Man. And then Woodnox, uh, we've talked about that a lot, so we'll just kind of hit it again. You know, it's normally, normally like reps of three... At mm-hmm. night. Uh, we don't know what they signify. Some people think they use them as locators for other Sasquatch in the area to kind of let them know where they're at when they think there's people in the area. Yeah. Uh, but we don't know what would Bigfoot do when there's not people in the woods. Has anyone ever witnessed a Bigfoot doing a wood knock? Um, I don't think so. Not off the top of my head. I mean, I know a, a lot about Bigfoot stories. Not yeah. everything, obviously. I'm not an expert by any means. But is that? But that's never rung across my mind. Yeah, that's. I was just thinking that now. I never. I don't remember a story here. One where we they are assuming one. it's Sasquatch because we have Sasquatch activity mm-hmm. in relation to these wood knocks. Right. Yeah. But there is no proof, as in same with the calls. Mm-hmm. There's no proof a Sasquatch is making those calls. As far as I know, nobody's ever seen a Sasquatch go. Whoa! You know what? You know, doing the. Yeah. Right. We assume. You know, it's just all assumptions. Hmm. Nice. I just enjoy your little noises. The noises? Yeah, I think that's why people tune in from Ireland. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's it. It's our biggest, it's our second biggest country. The sound ah. effects. Is, yeah. Oh, Mine's about the sounds the English make. The English? Yeah, the Ireland doesn't like England. Oh, I thought you were talking about like your name or something. No, sh- Oh, well, I don't know. I don't want to lose Ireland. Oh, you're right. That's like 7% of our listenership. Yeah. Uh, I like... my lineage. I, I like potatoes. I think it's mine, too. I'm actually Irish, not English. Mm. Even though my last name is England. Because they misspelled it when they got here. Uh-huh. Because there's a lot of Anglo-lands. Oh, okay. For Anglo-Saxon. Mm-hmm. Land of Anglo-Saxons. And they just put England on there. Yeah. But there's a lot, I've met a lot of Anglo-Lands, and that's what my last name was supposed to be when we got here. Ah, okay. And I was a Smith, so. Yeah, it's okay. Like the most common name. (laughs) Yeah, the most common name ever. So we're going to talk about double layering fur and merging the shadows. So it's been witnessed a lot, like Bigfoots will be like red, or brown red, when Mm. they're walking out in the the sunlight. And then they hit the darkness, like in the trees and stuff, and kind of just disappear. Yeah. And a scientific, uh, people believe that, uh. So a double layer of fur, you have the longer outer coat and the inner coat. And the inner coat's probably really, really dark. And the outer coat's really good at reflecting light. And the inner coat's really good at absorbing light. Mm. So and you're in the sunlight, you only see the outer coat. But in the dark, you only see the, the inner. inner coat. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that'd be a good uh, reason because people... I see a lot of people have struggle to explain that. And to me, that's very easily explainable. We have that in other animals. Probably the most simple way to explain it. Yeah, I mean, we see it all the time in nature. And I think my views are kind of coming... Because I've done a lot of biology work. And, mm-hmm. You know, I've no... Never claimed to be an expert in anything. 
But I know a lot about a lot of different wildlife. And it just, I think that's where I kind of go with it. You know, there's biological examples for just about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't have to have, not saying there's not any paranormal or supernatural connections with Sasquatch, but you don't have to have it to explain almost any of it besides maybe like the orbs and the UFOs. Right, yeah. Yeah. The blue and ice, we can explain that, you know. There's a natural explanation for just about everything. Yeah, until you get to the really, the really, Weird. the fringe stuff. Not saying the fringe stuff is wrong yeah, or right. inaccurate. That's but s- it's fringe from mainstream biology and mm-hmm. mainstream science. And, like, I, I'll Which, keep alliterating. I don't want to say that. That's, it's not wrong. We don't know. Yeah. But. Mainstream yeah. is just, I don't know. And I'm, you know, I was a biologist. That's what I did. Yeah. I'm not judging you. What do you think about the doubling of fur? Oh, it makes I think it's a a good uh, uh, explanation for it. But it, it, I, now that I'm thinking about it, like in the videos you see stuff, it does seem like ones that are in the trees in the woods do appear to be like darker. Yeah, that's probably and, because they inner coat. Yeah, and the ones you see like outside of the woods and stuff do have like a lightish brown or some sort of brown tint to them. So I think polar bears are a good example, even though they don't go in the shadows. Their outer coat's white, I think their inner coat's black, and their skin's pink. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about the black. Yeah. Hmm. The inner coat is interlocking. They keep in all heat. Yeah. So, yeah. Didn't know that. And I may be wrong on that. I think it's black or it might be a dark brown. But it's a really dark color, and you cannot see it until you, like, pull polar bear for a part. Which I'm never going to do that ever in my life. Yeah. You know what's scarier than a Bigfoot? A polar bear. <laughs> a, a polar bear is probably the scariest predator on the planet. Yeah. Because it's by far the largest predator on the planet. Hmm. And it will just maul you to death right now. I mean, they, they only think of you as food. Yeah. All the other predators on this planet kind of have a different, you know, everything. Tigers, lions, other bear species. They kind you know, they, they know people. The freaking polar bears, are, they don't care. Like, probably polar bears and hippos. Gotta be top. Uh, hippos aren't a predator. They're just a-holes. Oh, well, I mean... <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> okay. Except Fiona. Fiona's the exception. If you go in with Fiona, she'd cut you in half in two seconds. Like What's a watermelon. Fiona? She's that the... hippo in, uh, in Cincinnati. The one They're that all obsessed was born with. prematurely. Oh, okay. She just turned five. They're all obsessed with this hippo. No idea. And it looks like any other hippo. Okay, but the only reason we're all obsessed with it is because she was born prematurely, which is unusual good. for hmm. this hippo to, like, survive. Has anyone has anyone ever eaten hippo in here? No. No, I would try it in a heartbeat. I would hmm. never. I feel like it'd be chewy. I feel like it'd be a big pig. Is, that a, is it legal? No. It's not? No, they're protected. They're protected? Why? Yeah. They're so deadly. Yeah, but there's, like, not that many of them. We've killed no. almost everything. What, did they eat when they killed them, at least? I don't know. I didn't want the ivory. Oh, just their tusks and whatnot? There's got to be some good meat on there, though. You would. I bet it is like a big pig. <laughs> now you think. Or a moose, because they eat a lot of... Well, they eat, they're, they're grazers. They're upland grazers. They graze at night. So is that pig-ish, or is that... I don't know. It's more where like would, a... Where would they fall on the meat? I bet your horse. Is it, like... Well, isn't that like a good high protein, low fat meat? Yeah, but it's not very tasty. How do you know? Because it's low fat. That don't mean anything. I'll tell you what, elk is a little rough to eat yeah. without some bacon fat. But what? Without some bacon fat. Oh, without fat. some bacon fat. But you're fat. also talking to somebody that's picky about the food he eats. Not true. I'll eat a lot. I'll eat pretty much any meat. Hmm. It was just meat. 
We'll try hippo sometime. We'll have to figure that out. We're not going to try hippo. <laughs> the hippo that's been hit dead on the side of the road that you can legally harvest. I don't think anybody's ever hit a hippo and <laughs> killed it with a car. Do you understand how big a hippo is? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, maybe their Ford Festiva ran one over. A Ford Festiva? Yeah. No, maybe a semi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it just broke the freaking hippo's or leg. Or a dang, of an army tank. All right, anyways. What were we talking about? Um, I think... Uh, Eating hippos. I'm yeah. going to put that in the caption line. <laughs> you ever wonder what a hippo tastes like? Well, it's this week on Crippets of the Corn, we find out. <laughs> yeah. We flew in some African bush meat. <laughs> bush meat? What? That's what they call it. That's a, it's all these animals that they just don't tell you what they are. Oh, screw that. No. Nope. It's the mystery meat. It pretty much is because it's like everything's illegal to I, kill. I'm not eating human. No, I'm not doing that. It's seagull. Yeah, it's seagull. It's bad. You ever heard that story? No. We'll tell it off air. Um, (laughs) So the last one we're going to talk about is gifting. Oh, okay. And it's kind of a uh, more common behavior. If people own property, large swaths of land, with Sasquatch activity, with positive experiences. Because I've heard property owners have both, both sets of, this is like living in hell. Yeah. With Sasquatch activity. Or this is like, oh, they're just back there. You know, they don't bother us. We don't bother them. Uh, Brown, the Brown property. That's the one that's really famous for gifting. Like, mm-hmm. she'd leave them little stuff and they'd leave her all kinds of little stuff. That's and then they sweet. took her a rooster one time. And this is the whole story. They did it twice. They took her one rooster. She had like five chickens and a rooster. And she asked for it back, and she got it back both times, unharmed. Hmm. So they don't, she's like, I don't know, because the roosters only only get out of the pen. They never go in the pen. So she doesn't know if they were like, it was just grabbing the rooster to protect it. Oh, yeah. Because they knew, they, they knew it was uh, important to her. Yeah. Or if they're just curious, you know, they weren't hurting it, because it never was hurt or nothing. It just mm-hmm. like. They just want to look at walking it. around with this chicken. Yeah. Like, what the heck is this thing? It's like a freaking grouse, but it doesn't run away. They need the alarm clock that night, mm-hmm. that morning. And that could be. They just freaking hated the noise. Yeah, <laughs> shut it up for so a minute. And then, like, uh... But she also... I believe it was her that claimed, like, there was boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, she had these structures. She'd walk all over that woods except a couple little areas. And she just believed that was the, uh... Their way of saying... Like, yeah, you know, this is kind of our part. And, like, I don't think they ever came up... They came up to her patio, but they never came up on or nothing. Yeah. I can't remember. She had one thing happen. I'm, I'm, I might be mixing stories, but she had one thing happen, and she like said she didn't like it, and that was her saying like this is the line, and I don't think they crossed it again. But then they would do stuff like pee on her fence and stuff like that. Oh wow. Well, maybe that's just to like make it so other things wouldn't. Then that could up. be like yeah, you know, grizzly bears may avoid Sasquatch area. Yeah. Be, you know, so it may just be, like you know keeping other predatory animals out out of her boundaries too. yeah you know there ain't many mountain lions around sasquatch pee i'm gonna assume probably not because there's only a few things i just seen a video uh, here's another tangent in colorado of a 200 pound mountain lion had a like 1100 pound elk cow uh killing it on this lady's patio oh jeez and you don't realize how small a mountain lion can kill how big of an elk yeah and it's just laying in there and it's got its teeth sunk into this thing's throat 
and then it's just hissing and hissing at the lady all the whole time. It's eating it. Like it's still trying to kill it. Oh okay. And this elk's just going freaking wild. And she's like, "What?" Like, yelling? and she's videoing it from her freaking just glass window. Oh my god. Like yeah. yeah. Guess what? You know I like nature, but that's that'd be nuts to see on your front porch. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so she would leave them. Uh, peanut butter was a favorite thing. Hmm. Uh, she left them a couple dolls, that kind of stuff. Sometimes they take them, sometimes they wouldn't. Uh, I'm trying to think of who else I've heard. I've heard a lot of stories of gifting. A lot of times it's rocks. Oh, the yellow towel on Sasquatch Chronicles. And they just had one, really cool one. And that was the same one with the the guy with the gun, the Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. But this Bigfoot seemed infatuated with this yellow towel. And he was like, he kind of just threw it at, like threw it off to the side. Yeah. And she looked at it and looked at him. And he turned around and there was the male like straight behind him the whole time. He never heard it walk up. Yeah, which is crazy. And then he passed out. And when he woke up, he had a little baggie in his book bag made of leaves. It was full of the grubs that, that Bigfoot was collecting. So he's like, I think she bought the towel. Yeah. And after they realized, you know, I meant him no harm, she really wanted the towel, but she just didn't take it. So she gave him some bugs. Mm-hmm. She, yeah, I mean, that's what she was there collecting. She was ripping up a hollow log to get these grubs. Which is pretty interesting, I mean. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of, like, leaving rocks and stuff like that, or just leaving little stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember. There's another property. The guy had a whole table in his house dedicated to the stuff the Sasquatch were leaving him. That's pretty sweet. And a lot of times it's just little weird metal things. Yeah. And he's like, what happened one day... I went through my yard and I was picking up old nails and rusty stuff with the magnet. Or, and he's like, I think they watched me and thought that that's what I collect. And he's like, all the time on my doorstep at like, in the morning, there's all these little rusty pieces of metal. And he's like, I think they think that this is what I want. Yeah. And he's like, I, he's like so I take it every time. And then he's like, here's a whole table. And it's all kinds of like broken horseshoes, you know, old square nails, mm-hmm. rusty tin cans. Just showed up on his doorstep. Yeah. And he's like, I really think that they see me picking up all this metal one day to clean up my yard. And he's an older guy. And he's like, I think he was cleaning up his yard for his grandkids. Mm. And he's like, they just, he's like, I don't know where this stuff comes from. This isn't from my property. He's like, some of this stuff, like, they get a license plate, and like, all this stuff. Yeah. He's like, I think the license plate was a little newer, and he was kind of nervous about it. Yeah, like it might have... Like, it went down to town and ripped the license plate off. Ooh, Fred would like this. (laughs) Rips a whole freaking car bumper. And that's probably that learned behavior from them watching everybody. And that's, yeah, I guess that's kind of getting... Maybe not, like, learn... Oh, yeah, kind of. But they wanted, you know, they were... They wanted to do something nice for him, because he never bugged them. Yeah. So it's just like, well, he yeah, he likes he likes this stuff. Yeah. We know where there's a lot of this stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of, like, not much food. It doesn't seem like it seems like they get food out of the deal more or less. They more give trinkets and whatnot. Then I I can't remember. There was one time gifting went bad. I think that was in Ohio. I think it was a Kashokton story, where a lady basically had a little pit behind her house. Where she thought raccoons were doing it. But she every organic piece of trash she saved and put in this pit. Uh-huh. Like, so pizza crust, you know, all that stuff. And she's like, 
they're my pets. I hear them talking every night. And then she's like, they left for a couple days on vacation. And they came back and everything was trashed. Like they had little trees ripped out of their yard and all that stuff. And then they started seeing them in the corners of the yard and stuff like that. And one of the Bigfoot researchers was like, yeah, you shouldn't have been feeding them. She's like, I didn't realize I was. She's like, yeah, you've probably been feeding them for three years. Yeah. And now you stop feeding them every day. And they are freaking ticked. Yeah. And then she's like, he's like, what are you? She's like, just stop feeding them. Don't do that no more. Eventually they're going to be like, they get the point. And move on, yeah. hopefully. Before they They'll move get in, hungry. Before they move into your house. Mm-hmm. That was the same one where they called the police on them. Oh, okay. Uh, that's a famous uh, famous audio clip. Okay. Where there's like, a big black fella standing outside my window. He's got to be eight, nine feet tall. Huh. And they're like, is he wearing anything? And he's like, no, just all black. He's looking at me right now. And he's like, and he's like, I'm getting the gun. And then the thing took off. Yeah. But yeah. Hmm. What do you think about gifting? I think it's pretty cool. I wish I could get a Bigfoot gift. I would display it on my Oh, it'd be shelf. in a big shadow box somewhere in here. It would be on the shelf for sure. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Em? I think it's fine. I mean, I think it's a learned behavior that they learn from watching kids and adults. Do you think they give gifts to each other? I think so. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. It's kind of like a... Because uh... I think what they learn from watching our interactions is they're learning how to act. That, that could be very like easily. Like, when they're yeah. trying to be like, okay, the kids are doing this. Like, is that fine? Is it not? That mm-hmm. way, if, like, their kids are doing it, they can react the way that we do. And they're probably just learning it that way. Hmm. Good point. All right. So we covered all this. Any final thoughts, Jay, on all this? Well, I hope this has been uh, a little insightful to our viewers, our listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, hope they learned a little bit uh, extra that they didn't know before. Um, I mean, I, this is all stuff we either have talked about before or covered on. In, in little ways here and there, but... It's nice having it all together, going over it. Mm-hmm. Everything kind of has its own little place, whether it be supernatural or just natural explanation for all this stuff. Can you tell which side of the fence me and Jay fall on? <laughs> it's often other different sides. It's the same phenomena, which is yeah. fine. That's the point. Yeah. The only thing that matters... Nobody's right. Nobody's wrong. Yeah. The only thing we're seeking is the truth at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Yeah, nobody's going to know until there's one in a zoo and then it walks through a wall. Yeah. Then Jay will be right and I'll give him a $20 bill. Yep, and that'll be worth it. <laughs> if it doesn't, I get a $20 bill. Yep, we've already had this bet. M, final thoughts? I think it was good because you're just going into detail more than having it scattered. Mm-hmm. Covering some around. of these photos. That's where I'm at. And I talked more in this episode than my first one. <laughs> So, Emily, do you know how we end these episodes or how we started in these episodes? I know you haven't been listening. Oh. Yeah, Jay's already doing it. No, this is the one where you pick the the cryptic yeah. and then you try to imitate it. But it's your turn. Oh. So, let's see. <laughs> what cryptid? We've already done Deathworm. We've already done Mothman. We did the Frog Band. We did... You took all the good ones We did already. Sinkhole Sam. Why don't you give your best Bigfoot yell? Doing. Yeah, you, you gotta do, do it. it. No. no. Here, give me that little green thing over there. What little green thing? You'll see it. Oh, this. Yeah. So, here I got an emergency Bigfoot call. I don't know. So, here's a howl. Alright, now you gotta do that. Oh, gosh. Going loud. 
Hurry up. We can't end the episode. You do it. No. But I thought he told you. Yeah, but you're the guest. Come on, go. Three, two, one. No. You really got it. We can't end the episode. <laughs> Just like that. Growl. No, you gotta do something. <laughs> I don't know. Whoa, what if you did a... Here, oh, how about... the same one. How about you do some Mothman? He, like, screeches. Like, there you go. There we go. <laughs> All right. I've been Justin. And I've been Jay. I've been Emily. And we'll catch you next week on Cryptids of the Corn. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.